You know, it's always amazed me as uh, I read through the Scripture that many times the people who uh, were exposed to Christ's teaching, uh, exposed to His miracles, um, walked with Him, were the slowest, and sometimes, in some cases, never came to know Him for who He was. I mean, the Pharisees were always demanding a sign. Jesus said, an unbelieving generation demands a sign. The multitudes that he fed followed him, and it said, you know, when he taught them the things about what it was to be a true disciple of his, many of him left him and followed him no more. And you contrast that with those who were exposed to the incarnate Christ only briefly. But God opened their eyes to see him as Emmanuel, God with us. Uh, the woman in Luke 8 with the issue of blood for 12 years, she fought her way through the crowd. Said, if I can simply touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And, he wa- and she was. We, we hear nothing else from her. And the centurion who came and uh, asked him to heal his servant. And before he got back home, his servants had come to him and said that, his uh, servant was healed that very hour. And also in Matthew twenty-seven fifty-four, the centurion who was watching over Jesus' crucifixion, in a circumstance that by any stretch of the imagination did not exhibit to the world Jesus as the Holy One of God, where he's being crucified between two criminals, but yet... When Jesus gave up his spirit and the events surrounding that, this centurion was moved to declare, truly this was the Son of God. So if you would, with that, turn with me to Mark chapter 10, verses 46 through 52. And uh, the title of the message is The Insight of a Blind Man. And um, just to give you a little run and start to this at this time in Jesus' earthly ministry we read in Luke 18 uh, starting in verse 31 Jesus says then he took the twelve aside and said to them behold we are going up to Jerusalem and all things which were written through the prophets about the son of man will be accomplished for he will be handed over to the Gentiles and will be mocked and mistreated and spit upon. And after they have scourged him, they will kill him, and the third day he will rise again. And then this amazing statement about the man who had followed him for roughly three years at this time. But the disciples understood none of these things, and the meaning of this statement was hidden from them, and they did not comprehend the things that were said. So here's where we are. And Jesus and his disciples, and as we're going to read in our text, they're gathering a crowd along the way. Remember, Jesus is headed to Jerusalem for the last time to celebrate the last Passover with his disciples before he becomes the Passover lamb uh, uh, that takes away the sins of the world. So they're on their way, and as they go, they're going through Jericho. Now, just a little technical part some this passage 
and, and Mark 10 is, is paralleled in Matthew 20, verse 29 through 34, and Luke 18, 35 through 43. And it's uh, very important to understand that the synoptic writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I mean Matthew, Mark, and Luke, that we call the synoptic gospels, all tell about this event and this man that we're going to talk about today, uh, a blind man on the roadside uh, in Jericho. But uh, uh, I think Matthew says he was going, as he was uh, going out of Jericho, uh, Luke and, uh, and Mark say as he, as he was entering Jericho, there were the, the ruins of ancient Jericho, and then there was an inhabited city of Jericho. And uh, just so you don't get confused, because some people say, well, this is a contradiction. He, some, he was going out. He, one writer says he's going in. No, actually, there was the ruins of old Jericho, and then there was the inhabited city. Just like there was two Bethanies. There was Bethany beyond the Jordan where John the Baptist baptized, and there was Bethany, the home of Lazarus and Mary and Martha. So just a little technical thing just uh, to, to get out of the way. But, um, uh, but in Mark, um, and uh, just want to read it to you, verses 46 through 52, and then we'll go back through the verses and just kind of see what God's trying to tell us here. It says, Then they came to Jericho, and as he was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a large crowd, a blind beggar named Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the road. And when he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many were sternly telling him to be quiet, but he kept crying all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, Call him here. So they called the blind man, saying to him, Take courage, stand up, he is calling for you. Throwing aside his cloak, he jumped up and came to Jesus. And answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. And Jesus said to him, Go, your faith has made you well. Immediately he regained his sight and began following him on the road. So as they were coming into Jericho, we we hear about this blind man. And Matthew tells us there were actually two men, but Mark concentrates on the spokesman of, of, of the two. And that... And even tells us his name, Bartimaeus. And, um, and Jesus, remember, he's at the height of his popularity. His disciples are going with him. Remember uh, uh, Thomas, when you know, uh, Jesus told him they were going to Jerusalem, he, and they were trying to tell him, look, the Pharisees want to kill you. And, and Thomas declared that, you know, let's go and we'll die with him. And even though they didn't completely understand, as the passage in Luke tells us, uh, they were willing to go with him. And there was a crowd coming along the way. So, and, uh, and many of these in this crowd would hail him just a few days later as he enters into Jerusalem in his triumphal entry, only to turn on him a few days later with shouts of crucifying. So this blind beggar, Bartimaeus, uh, is... Like I said, Mark is the only gospel writer who mentions him by name. And I, and I tried to search the name Timaeus because Bartimaeus literally means bar means son of. And uh, uh, I got some conflicting uh, information on the, uh, 
places that I searched, but one site said that it uh, meant honor, and another meant, uh, said that it meant uh, foul, defiled, polluted, or un- unclean. And I began to think about that. In either case, Bartimaeus is a blind man on the side of the road as a beggar. And if his name meant son of honor, he certainly wasn't in an honorable place. And if it did mean foul, defiled, polluted, or unclean, that was an accurate description of what he was. There was many blind people in the Near East at, at that time. Blindness was very common. Um, and in Jericho, uh, which is about 15 miles away from Jerusalem, there was a, actually a, a, a uh, balsa shrub that was used to make an eye ointment. So a lot of blind people would uh, gravitate toward Jericho to... Uh, to possibly be cured of their blindness. So we're going to talk about this one blind beggar, but there, were, there would have been hundreds along the road because beggars, they had no way to take care. I mean, blind people had no way to work, no way to take care of themselves. Usually their families either wouldn't take care of them or couldn't take care of them. So they were re- reduced to begging alms from passerby. And the roadside to Jerusalem, from Jericho to Jerusalem, would have been very busy. They would probably position themselves close to the gates where uh, travelers would be coming by and would probably have the the most money. So they're sitting by the road and um, when Jesus comes by. And in verse 47 it says, When he heard that it was Jesus the Nazarene, he began to cry out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, Someone must have, uh, we can kind of put the pieces together. Bartimaeus would have heard the crowd. It actually says he, as he heard the crowd passing by. He probably would have inquired to somebody, what's the, you know, what's all the uh, hubbub about or whatever. And someone would have told him that Jesus of Nazareth or Jesus of the Nazarene was passing by. That was not an endearing term. That tells a lot about what most of this crowd probably uh, thought about Jesus. He was just a man who did some really cool things. Uh, remember, um, uh, if you remember back when Jesus is calling his disciples and Philip goes to Nathaniel and says, we have found the one that Moses and the prophets spoke about, Jesus from Nazareth. Nathaniel, the first thing he says is, it, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nazareth was a town in Galilee, which in the Old Testament is referred to as Galilee of the Gentiles. Um, we all know how the Jews felt about the Gentiles. So uh, Nazareth was kind of looked down upon. So they were telling Bartimaeus that this is just the man Jesus headed toward Jerusalem. But Bartimaeus, and this is the amazing thing, and this is the power of God, Remember, we didn't, all the revelation uh, that the Jews would have had at that time was the Old Testament. Uh, the teaching of the rabbis uh, would, uh, and, and in the synagogues, Bartimaeus would not have been privy to that as a blind man because blind people were looked at as either under God's judgment, uh, uh, unclean 
and they would really not be able to uh, engage in the worship and the studying of the word even by listening. So Bartimaeus somehow God has revealed to him that this is not just a man. Because look at what he says. He cries out. That word is krodzo. That literally means an unashamed shouting uh, of anguish. He's literally crying out to be heard. And he says, Jesus, son of David. Now, son of David is a messianic title. Okay? Um, and, and the interesting thing, aside from his uh, apostles, Bartimaeus is the first person in Mark's gospel to proclaim Jesus as the Messiah. Now, here's a blind beggar on the side of the road that's proclaiming him as the Messiah. He recognized him as the Messiah because Son of David is a Messianic title. In Luke one thirty two, when the angel came to Mary and said that you will, have a, you will be with child by the Holy Spirit, it says he will be great. In verse, uh, Luke one thirty two, it says he will be great and will be called the Son of God, uh, Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And in Matthew 21, 9, which uh, at Jesus' triumphal entry, uh, just a few days after this, the crowds going ahead of him and those who follow him were shouting, Hosanna to the Son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And that's a quote from Psalm 118, verse 24. And in the genealogies in Matthew 1 and in Luke 3, in Matthew 1, it says, this is the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of Abraham, the son of David. So this blind man is proclaiming Jesus as the Messiah. And not only um, did he acknowledge him as the Messiah, in, 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 in Luke's gospel, it says he addresses him as Lord. Mark says he says Jesus he probably said both. You can take the synoptics and piece it all together. But he also acknowledges him, him as his sovereign, as his Lord. And wh what he's crying out is, is amazing too. He says, Son of David, have mercy on me. Now he could have asked for a lot of things. He could have, you know, been, he could have yelled for money. That's what he was there to do. That's, that's what beggars did. Uh, they begged people to give them money, to give them food, to give them clothing. Um, anything for them to survive another day. But he asked for mercy. And it reminded me of uh, the man in the temple in Luke 18, 13, where you have the Pharisee who is reciting all of the great things that he has done to God and Lord. He says, God, I'm, I thank you that I'm not like uh, this publican over here, this tax collector over here. Uh, I fast three times a day. And reciting to God all the things that made him righteous in his own eyes. And then you have the publican over there beating his breast. And he says, Lord, be merciful to me, the sinner. So in Bartimaeus' cry, he's acknowledging that he needs God's mercy. He doesn't need money right now. 
He doesn't need clothing. He doesn't need food. He needs mercy from the son of David, the son of God. John MacArthur puts it this like this. He says, when a person steps out to God on all the faith he has, even if it is incomplete and weak, the Lord will meet him at that point and lead him to redemption. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. So Bartimaeus is crying out for mercy. And in verse 48, it says, Many were sternly telling him to be quiet. But he kept crying all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. The crowd was trying to quiet, quiet him down. Look, man, you're making a scene. You know, Jesus is, we're, we're, we're on our way. We don't need to be hindered. He's going to Jerusalem. You know, the disciples were bad about this. Remember when the little children were gathering around Jesus and the disciples were trying to shoot them, shoot them away? What does Jesus say in Matthew uh, 19, 14, I think? He says, um, let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them. And, and like I said, remember, the, the blind and deaf were outcast anyway. So the crowd really is just looking past this man, or these men. Like I said, there were two. I wonder how many times in our daily walk we look by those that seem insignificant to us, that seem not worth sharing the gospel with, showing compassion to, um, giving a friendly word to. Did we pass those people? Made me think um, the many people that I come in contact with every day on my job, um, how I tend to be selective in who I speak to and who I don't, especially things concerning Christ. But Bartimaeus was persistent. Like I said, he called out even more, Son of Mer David, have mercy on me. And in verse 49 it says, And Jesus stopped and, and said, Call him here. Luke says he commanded that he be brought to him. And it was just like Jesus knew, and I believe he did. Uh, and I believe Bartimaeus had a divine appointment that day. Just like he knew in Luke 8, 43, through 48 when uh, the woman had the issue of blood he, when he said who touched me he's the omniscient God he knew who touched him he was trying to bring her forth and that's what I think he's doing right here with Bartimaeus in fact I'm sure of it and he commands that he, he's brought to, to him and in verse 50 it says throwing aside his cloak he jumped up and came to Jesus now now, throwing aside his cloak. Now, th remember, this is a blind man. And he's begging on the side road. His cloak would have been protection from the rain, warmth in the winter, protection from the sun in the summer. Um, basically, it was his refuge. Uh, I think it's in Deuteronomy where it says, if you borrow a man's cloak, don't give it, give it back to him before sundown because... He needs it to wrap himself up and, and, and be warm and sleeping. And so 
when he throws it down, either, either one, he was so sure that he would be able to find it when he goes back. Or he was casting off everything that he was dependent on to go to Jesus. I believe it's the latter. I believe he got rid of every encumbrance in his way to get up and go to Jesus. He didn't gather up his things and go see what Jesus wanted. He, he, it says literally he jumped up and came to Jesus. The, the language indicates that he probably ran. And then in verse 51, it says, In answering him, Jesus said, What do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabboni, I want to regain my sight. Jesus asked a question that I believe he knew all along what he was going to do. The term Rabboni is a title of honor. Bartimaeus is still refusing to just address Jesus as Jesus the Nazarene. He's addressed him as Lord. He's addressed him as Messiah. He's addressed him now as teacher. Good teacher is literally what it means. And when he said he wanted to regain his sight, it indicates that he, he, he probably could see before he had lost his sight sometime in his life rather than being born blind. And like I said, he could have asked for anything. But Jesus knows the heart and the blind man's request is granted. In Matthew 20, 34, it says Jesus was moved with compassion and said he touched, speaking of the two, touched their eyes and they regained, and immediately they regained their sight. And from judging by Bartimaeus' reaction, I don't believe he wanted to regain his sight just for the sake of being able to carry on life as normal, as we would call it. I believe when he came to Jesus, he wanted to see the face of his Lord. The Lord that in his blindness he already knew. The Lord that had already moved his heart to confess him for who he was amidst a crowd of people who saw him just as Jesus the Nazarene. And in verse 52, it says, And Jesus said to them, Go, your faith has made you well. That term made you well is literally your faith has saved you. In Ephesians 2.8, it says, you know, we are saved by grace through faith and that not of ourselves it is a gift from God. God had granted this blind man the faith to believe in him. And just like we read in Jeremiah 29, I believe that Bartimaeus was seeking God with his whole heart. And how do I know this? Look at his response. 
It says, immediately regained his sight, and he began following him on the road. Luke 18, 43 said he was glorifying God, and when all the people saw it, they gave praise to God. So what does this mean to us? Look, remember, the revelation of God was limited in Bartimaeus' day. Uh, you go back to the book of Genesis, you know, Scripture was, did not, was not written down in the sense until Moses. Abraham, it says, believed God, what God revealed to him, and it was accounted to him as righteousness. Bartimaeus believed all about God that he could believe, and God honored that. We have the fullness of his revelation right here. We have a close canon of Scripture. As we just sang about, we know what happens in Revelation chapter 22 with the new heaven and the new earth where there is no blindness. There are no outcasts. But with all that we have, do we fully recognize the God that it reveals? Do we... Worship a Christ or a Messiah of our own making. Kind of like we talked about in Sunday school this morning. Do we desire to be led by the Spirit in the truth of who God is and what He has called us to do and what He has done for us? Are we like many of those in the crowd who follow Jesus for what they could get? Or do we see Jesus through spiritual eyes like Bartimaeus and see him as Lord, Savior, Priest, and King? And just on a side note, I believe Bartimaeus is named in Mark's Gospel because we know he followed Jesus. Bartimaeus was probably very active in the early church. And when somebody was questioning the compassion of our Lord... Bartimaeus probably said, let me tell you about it. Let me tell you what he did for me. And I was looking for a good illustration and uh, found a hymn I was sharing with Rod and John. It's by John Newton. Uh, We all know the many hymns he wrote. And it is on this text. And I'd like to read it for you in closing. Because... It really sums up this passage better than I could ever hope to. It says, Mercy, O thou son of David, thus blind Bartimaeus prayed. Others by thy word are saved. Now to me afford thine aid. Many for his crying chide him, but he called the louder still, till the gracious Savior bid him come and ask me what you will. Money was not what he wanted, though by begging used to live. But he asked and Jesus granted alms which none but he could give. Lord, remove this grievous blindness. Let my eyes behold the day. Straight he saw and won by kindness followed Jesus in the way. Oh, me thanks I hear him praising, publishing to all around. Friends, it's not my case amazing. What a Savior I have found. Oh, that all the blind but knew him and would be advised by me. 
Surely would they hasten to him. He would cause them all to see. 